I'm James Galliard, and welcome to In Black and White. It's here we offer clear, challenging, and compelling conversations and commentary on the issues that matter to you most. It could be public policy, it could be personal development, a master's class, an interview, a Bible study, or a subject in a news cycle. I hope today's episode informs you, and I hope it inspires you. Remain standing and grab your Bible. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1. I want us to read together beginning at verse number 67. Luke chapter 1 beginning at verse number 67. This is now Zacharias' turn to sing. For those of you that are new, I'm in a series called The Sounds of the Season and we're looking at the hymns and the anthems that grew out of the Christmas story. Luke chapter 1, verse number 67. I'm going to keep talking until you try to get me right, Malcolm. Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse number 67. We're going to be reading from the New King James Version. I want us together to read down to verse number 79. Luke chapter 1, verse number 67. If you have it, say, I got it. Come on, let's read together. Now his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets, who have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God with which the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Say amen if you can. Before you take your seat, look at somebody. I want you to give them a message real quick. Smile at them. Tell them, neighbor, Neighbor. oh neighbor, neighbor. it's time time. to break your silence. Amen, amen. You can have your seat in the presence of the Lord today. I need you to give me some long runway because I need to show you where this text came from. I want to tag today's text and preach with the help of the Lord on the subject. It's time to break my silence. And before I really, before we go to work, I want to encourage somebody. What I want to encourage somebody about 
is that I want you to be convinced that even though it may not look like it, God is working behind the scenes on your behalf. Point to somebody and tell them on your behalf. God is working. I love the Christmas narratives in the, in the Gospels. I love the Christmas narratives in the Gospel because it is a record of God using ordinary people to do extraordinary works for his glory. And it's not just historical narrative that we read from sometimes past Trishanda. It is a reminder to us in the here and in the now that God still uses ordinary people to bring about extraordinary works for his glory. These, I, see, this is why I know the Bible is indeed the inerrant word of God. The reason I'm convinced that it is the inerrant word of God, that's just a fancy way of saying that it is fully true and without any error. That even when it looks like a contradiction, there is no contradiction. The reason I'm convinced that this is indeed the inerrant word of God is because God shows us real people being used by him. He, he doesn't show us folk who have it all worked out. He, he doesn't specialize on using people that are perfect. See, I know this is the inerrant word of God because I see John over and over again, people that are faced with stresses, pains, we, we, we meet them in their heartache. We meet them in their failures. We meet them in their disappointments. And even while I'm preaching, there are people in this room or on the East City campus that the devil had you convinced that because you were ordinary and because you were faced with troubles and because you had a history and because you had a record and because you had a track record, that God had written you off. And the truth of the matter is, God did not write you off. It's your record that makes him write you in. Matter of fact, I feel the Holy Ghost. Tell your neighbor you've been written in. You've been written in. That's why we get told that when we get saved, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. These are ordinary folk. And they got issues. They really have issues. This is Zacharias finally opening his mouth. You need to be reminded of why he's opening his mouth. The fact that he's opening his mouth means something happened to shut his mouth. And I didn't read it because we didn't have time today to read 30 more verses of scripture. But I'm going to give you the story. Uh, there's, there's an older couple that has been faithfully serving God for, for years, generations even. Elizabeth and Zacharias. Uh, th this is, as a matter of fact, for your Bible readers and Bible scholars, when you look at Elizabeth, Zacharias, and John, who was their child, John the Baptist, let me tell you how good this family was. This is the first 
spirit-filled family. No. See, some of us have individuals in the family spirit-filled. This is a family where everybody filled. And in the faithfulness of this spirit-filled family, there is still a deficit. The deficit is that they have been unable to have a child. And this is a different scenario than Mary because they're at an age where they're not even dreaming about that anymore. Let me come get y'all. They had been praying about having a baby for 70 years. I got to put a pin in that. Because the whole 70 years they were praying for a baby, Zacharias, who is the country priest, is still showing up and faithfully serving God. And I don't know who I'm preaching to, but you got to be faithful even when God is silent. I got to be faithful even when God didn't answer. I got to be faithful even when I didn't get my way. 70 years. He's showing up as country priest. There are some, let me just set it up, y'all. Tell your neighbor, just give him a moment. Tell him, just give him a moment. There there are some 24,000 country priests here in Palestine. Not Israel. Y'all get that next month. There's some 24,000 country priests in the text in Palestine. These country priests would by lot get an opportunity to work on behalf of the temple. But it was by lot. You never knew if your lot was going to get called. And here now, after all of these years of faithfully serving in the temple, this country priest, Zacharias, His lot gets called. And now he has a once in a lifetime opportunity. Y'all missed it. It, 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 Because once your lot gets called and you get to go into the temple to light incense, you don't ever get to do it again. So finally, he is at the apex of his personal ministry. After all of these years, His lot gets called, and he gets to now go and light incense in the temple. He goes in, and the entire community is wondering, why is it taking him so long? When he gets inside, Gabriel, the angel of the Lord, who stands in presence of God, says to him, Zacharias, your prayer has been heard. The Bible says, I got to set up so you know how we got to this text. The Bible says he does not believe what the angel tells him. The angel says to him, since you didn't believe me, you now are going to be mute until your wife has the baby. Y'all, y'all, stay close. Elizabeth doesn't know she's pregnant yet. 
which means Gabriel tells Zacharias what God is doing, but because he didn't believe, he wouldn't let him speak. The people, when he comes out, they're waiting for a report. But he can't. The people say he must have seen a vision. Now he has to be quiet and mute and unable to speak for nine months. Can you, can you imagine, just give me a minute, y'all. I'm almost setting it up. Can you imagine the frustration of Elizabeth? She don't know what God is up to. Her husband knows, but because he didn't believe, God wouldn't let him tell her. So out of nowhere, this 80-some-year-old woman shows up pregnant She's trying to ask her husband what in the world happened and he can't talk. Can I park here for a moment and say this to somebody? You better stop talking about stuff you don't believe in. You better stop having an opinion about a vision you don't believe God can do in your life. Now, the time of John the Baptist being born is upon them. I, can I, I, gotta, I gotta say this real quick. I just said something that I didn't make clear and I don't want us to miss it, Gerald. This man has faithfully served and been praying for 70 years. God finally answers a prayer and he doesn't believe it. Which means two things can be true at the same time. Let me tell you the two things that can be true at the same time. You can be both holy and human. Somebody type that in. Tell your neighbor, you can be both. I, I want to kill that demon, y'all. Just because folk are righteous, and just because folk are living right, and just because folk are serving God, and just because folk are trying to do right, doesn't mean they don't have feelings. It don't mean they're not human. It doesn't mean they don't believe. I am sick and tired of folks showing their humanity, and then society will say, I thought you were saved. Yup, I'm saved, but I still cuss every once in a while. I'm saved, but I still get frustrated. I'm saved, but I'm human, and I'm not trying to elevate sin. I'm just trying to get somebody to see you are human. See, some of y'all upset because you bump into somebody on their human day and not their holy day. try to keep my holy days as many as I possibly can but at the end of the day we are still human remember the divinity of Jesus was clothed in humanity so both can be true I can be holy and human 
But I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not celebrating sin. I'm killing the spirit of condemnation. Killing the spirit of judgment. So when I'm in the lobby hugging y'all and I smell your weed, or I smell the alcohol from last night, or I smell the cigarettes on your clothes, I don't judge you because I recognize that God is still working through some stuff in your life. And when God is working through stuff in your life, it doesn't mean I'm not saved. It doesn't mean I don't love God. It doesn't mean I'm not trying to do better. I wish I had a handful of people that can say I'm not there yet, but I'm trying to get better. Tell your neighbor, don't judge me while I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to work through my sin. I'm trying to work through my stuff. I'm trying to work through my fear. I'm trying to work through my doubt. I'm trying, but I can be holy and human. We're too judgmental and we can't be. We judge each other's clothes. It might be tighter than you want, but that's the human side. We had a big old argument a couple months back, maybe even a year ago, about, about you know, that's a time where, you know, you come in here with a hat on, you're a man, and we're like, bro, can you take your hat off? Look, man, I don't care, you keep that hat on. Long as you in the Lord's house. And all my older folk that get a little bit offended by that, let me tell you, if I'm not preacher enough and he ain't Holy Ghost enough to preach a hat off your head, how in the world he gonna keep you from hell? I'm sorry. I, the, there, there's this, this 70 year serving country priest in Palestine named Zacharias whose human side shows up and his human side so y'all know I'm not celebrating sin his human side landed a consequence now you don't get to talk y'all the, the, I think the hardship of the angel is because Zacharias was processing this from the flesh. And Zacharias has been like, man, look, I, I know who I'm married to. Some of y'all need to get. <laughs> Zacharias is like, look, what I do know is that ground ain't fertile no more. What, what, what I do know is that that seed ain't fresh. What, what, what I do know is, is the farmer is, don't have the energy he used to have. This is going to bless somebody. And this is what the angel was in essence saying to him. 
You may have everything going against you. But when you've been faithful to God, it's going, don't miss this place to shop. But when you've been faithful to God, it's all right for you to still expect a crop. And I don't know who I'm talking to in church today. Would you tell two people, expect a crop? God's been watching. God's been watching. God's been listening. God knows how to reward you for your faithfulness. And it may take 70 years, but you better expect God to move. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I'm expecting a crop. I'm expecting there's going to be some fruit. I'm expecting that God is going to show up. I'm expecting that God is going to heal. I'm expecting that God is going to deliver. Expect. He said, man, you should have expected a crop. And so I'm trying to get to a song. But I need to let you know why he's singing. And so, nine months go by. They've got to learn. They've got to learn PSL, Palestinian Sign Language. And so nine years, nine months go by. They're trying to figure out how to communicate with each other. She gives birth. And as is the according of the tradition, on the eighth day, the child gets circumcised. And so they bring the child to the rabbi to do the circumcision. At that moment of circumcision, according to the historical notes, it is at that time you also name the child. And so, you know, we like nicknames, and surely they're like, we're going to name them ZJ, <laughs> Z2, Zacharias Jr., or Z2, Zach II. Elizabeth says, read the text, I hadn't had a chance to read it all to you. Elizabeth says, no, his name is going to be John. The folk like, who you know named John? <laughs> ain't nobody in your family named John. You ain't got no friends named John. What you telling us? They refer to the husband. So they go to Zacharias and says, what you going to name him? He asks for something to write with, because he can't talk. As a matter of fact, the Bible says he communicated with signs, which means Shoshana, not only Shoshana could he not talk, he couldn't hear. So he writes on a tablet, his name shall be John. When he was inside the temple with Gabriel, and Gabriel said, you will name him John, Elizabeth was not in there with him. Which means, how did she know? 
You can't tell me we don't serve an awesome God with all power and all knowledge and all ability. And so something put in her spirit. Name him John. When he wrote down John, the Bible says the people were astonished because they didn't have no way of sharing that information. This is going to give you something to shout about. And immediately, that one act of obedience loose his tongue. And I don't know who I'm preaching to, but you're one act of obedience away from getting your tongue set free. And the moment he did what the Lord told him to do, immediately he broke out in a song. And the song he broke out in is the song I read, we read together as a congregation. So what does he sing? He don't sing complaining. He don't, if it was some of us, we'd be like, about time I'm able to talk, about time. My Lord, let me say something to my wife, about time I could tell her what happened. I mean, it's gonna shock y'all. When he opens up his mouth, he starts singing a song about the Messiah. He starts singing a song about how good God has been in his life. And I don't have time to spend a whole bunch of time with it, but let me tell you the, the, the key components of the song. First of all, Ryan, he sings, he breaks his silence because there's been an answer to his prayers. No, this, this is gonna be, this a laboratory sermon, this ain't no lecture sermon. See, see, sometimes God will have you quiet. Sometimes God will have you in a place where you're waiting for him to move. And I don't know who I'm talking to today, but it's time for us to open up our mouth because the Lord has answered some of my prayers. Is there anybody in church that can testify the Lord has answered some of my prayers? He's not answered. As a matter of fact, look at the person next to you. Don't say nothing. Just look at him. Look at him with an attitude. Let me tell you why I'm telling you to look at them with an attitude. Because they don't realize it, but they are an answer to somebody's prayer. Somebody was praying for them. Somebody was believing God for better. Somebody was asking God to heal. Somebody was asking God to deliver. Somebody was asking God to make a way. Is there anybody in church that knows I'm the answer to somebody's prayer? Oh God. Bible says, verse number 60, 68, blessed is the Lord God of Israel. That's why this is called, everybody say, the Benedictus. It's called the Benedictus because the first word in the Latin translation is praise be. That word blessed is praise be. Y'all, when we finally open up our mouth, it doesn't need to be about anything but praise be to God. See, Christmas is a reminder 
that God has been good. See, we get caught up in, in the commercialization. We get caught up in all the lights and all the trees and all the gifts. And I'm not here to poke holes at any of that. But at the end of the day, if you don't get nothing else out of Christmas, you better get the fact, praise be to God who's been good to me. God who has answered my prayer. God who has made some ways. We got to thank God for the answer to my prayers. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but the Bible says, blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. First of all, opens up his mouth because God has answered some prayers. I want to encourage somebody. It may be taking longer than you want. But God is going to come through on your behalf. I don't know when. I, I don't have no fake, I don't have no fake prophetic ministry. I don't have no, no name it and claim it ministry. I don't have no prosperity anointing. So I would be dishonest if I stood here and said he going to do it tomorrow. I can't tell you he going to do it tomorrow because it took 70 years for him to do it from Zechariah. What I am going to tell you is he going to do it. And you just got to believe that God is able to answer your prayer. First of all, he opens up his mouth because of the answer to prayer. Lenny, I wrote a song out of this sermon, by the way. I don't have voice enough to sing it, but I'm at least give y'all the lyrics. I'm gonna let y'all come up with the tune. And, and so, but secondly, secondly, it wasn't just Avis because God answered prayer. Verse 69, and has raised us a horn of salvation for us. The second reason he raised his voice was because God had given him assistance out of his pain. The word redeem means to set free. The word redeem means I'm no longer in prison. The word redeem means God has set me loose. Yo, I don't know who's here today that needs to hear this. It means God has given you total victory from your enemies. Okay, y'all missed it, y'all missed it. See, help me, Holy Ghost, help me, Holy Ghost. See, see, some pictures of God moving are pictures of God taking us out of captivity, but leaving our captors in place. <laughs> See, some theological pictures is that God won't bother your enemy, he'll just make sure he doesn't have access to you anymore. But that's not the word used here in the Greek. The word used here in the Greek is that God did not take you out of your enemy. God stepped up in your fight and killed your enemy so that when he would come against you again, he would not be able to. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but God gonna give you full deliverance where the thing that used to be able to get you is no longer available. Oh God. Everybody say total victory. I, no, come on, somebody shout total victory. I, it, it, it means God giving me health and soundness. It means God fully rescuing me. He sings because God gave him assistance out of his pain. But then he sang because God gave him assurance 
for his presence. Verses 74 and 75. To grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him, that's present tense, might serve him without fear. What he's saying is, everybody shout, because of Jesus. What he's saying is, because of Jesus, I can go to bed at night and be not be fearful about tomorrow. Because of Jesus, I can get a diagnosis from the doctor and not be worried that I'm not going to still live. Because of Jesus, I can live in fear. I don't have to live in fear. Because of Jesus, I can look at death, hell, and the grave and know that I've got victory because of Jesus. Everybody shout without fear. He answered my prayer, so I sang. He assisted me in my pain, so I sang. He assured me of my presence, so I sang. And then verse 78 and 79, he says, through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring. Everybody say day spring. Day spring means my night is over. I don't know who this is for. Let me talk to this side of the room. I said your night is over. Okay, let me get the middle of the room. I said in the stadium seating, I said your night is over. Weeping might endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. He's saying, I'm going to anchor your future. I'm going to fix it in such a way that your future, I hear you, Holy Ghost, tell your neighbor, your future is bright. Future is bright. And so I was like, God, if I had to take this, this Old Testament anthem and I had to give it a 2023 swag, I said, God, what would I call the song? God said, call the song, God is on the move. He said, call it, God is on the move. Tell your neighbor, God is on the move. And, and, and I don't know, y'all can make a song out of this later. I, I'm, I'm going to give it to y'all for free. God is on the move. And I praise him. All praise to God. All praise to God. Prayers are answered because God is on the move. Sins are forgiven because God is on the move. Chains are broken because God is on the move. Life is made new because God is on the move. God is on the move, so I praise him. I dare you when I call out what's happening in your life, I dare you to practice this Practice this song in your life. When you know God is on the move in your life, I want you to take a moment and do exactly what Zacharias did. He opened up his mouth and praised to God because he learned that God is on the move. Come on, let's try it. God is on the move. Anybody here believe that God is on the move in my house? God is on the move on my job. God is on the move with my children. God is on the move. So I praise him now, I'll praise him now. God is on the move, so I'll praise him now. Tell you never, I praise him now. Prayers are answered, so I praise him now. Sins are forgiven, so I praise him now. Chains are broken, 
so I praise him now life made new so I praise him now praise him now praise well we're out of time for today I hope the episode today informs you I hope it inspired you if you did enjoy would you go ahead and subscribe to my podcast or follow me on one of our social media outlets it can be LinkedIn Twitter Facebook or Instagram at J.D. Gallier. That's at J-D-G-A-I-L-L-I-A-R-D. Whether you're listening or watching, thanks. I'll see you next time.